How y'all doing? It is Jason Watson. I'm one of your hosts here at Say That To Say This. It is a pleasure to have you guys. Man, we're excited. We've had a lot going on, man. I'm here with Josh. We have a special guest. Guys, it's been a lot happening. I, one thing that I have to touch on before we get started for this podcast, let's get a moment of silence, man. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe man. Bryant. Gosh, tragic. Man, did that affect you guys in any way? It was unbelievable, man. So I would say that... Uh, so I get the uh, the Sports Center app that that, that comes through, mm-hmm. and to watch like from the moment that that happened, and then to like turn the TV on, mm-hmm. to look through social, uh, all of that, and then my kids are playing in the uh, the Matthew Dickey's uh, basketball league. My, my son's playing in the basketball league, and the amount of like respect, the mm-hmm. amount of like time carved out throughout that day. So for me, I just kind of got to sit in this afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Of of you know obviously watching people mourn it taking place in our city and then i mean i grew up in that era like that dude was a was an idol man right? man now i ain't the best basketball player in the world right i've seen your jump <laughs> <laughs> but i'm all right you know what i mean but i think man even seeing the tribute that lebron and just yeah. just the game after man was just really it's just touching yeah. to see somebody that could have that type of impact i mean and even the role that he played in sports uh, women's sports, uh, and even beyond that, man. So I don't know how big basketball fans you guys are. I'm, I don't watch every game, but we're still impacted by Kobe, man. Well, and even outside of sports, just being a father, mm. right? And you just saw how close he was to his daughters and wife, and yeah, it's tragic. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Every day matters. Every right? day matters. But it's just, it's also amazing to see his legacy, and it's a reminder, man. Even in the work that we do that we get opportunity to leave legacy, right? We get opportunity to leave a name. Uh, and People will remember us for the work that we've done, for the deeds that we find ourselves involved in. And legacy is important, you know what I mean? Uh, what are people going to say at your funeral? You know, what words will be written on your obituary, right? And I think that's part of the reasons that we're all involved in the work that we're involved that's in. exactly because right. We believe that there's something bigger than just our own lives and what we do in our day-to-day but that we might leave legacy after this, man. My dad always said, he said, invest in the people that are going to cry at your funeral. Mm. Like, that's it. That's That's legacy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, R.I.P. to Kobe and everybody that's felt the loss that we felt uh, here at Say That to Say This. We address those topics. We talk about those things. But make sure that you leave legacy because legacy is really important, man. So I'm going to let Josh, man, you kick it off, man. How about this dude to my right, huh? Man, introduce this guy. Kevin, man. I mean, he doesn't really need much introduction, <laughs> not right? At all, not uh, at all. But uh, uh, Kevin Lip, uh, owner of Four Hands Brewery. Kobe kind of legacy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But Kevin, obviously, has been an incredible value uh, to our city. You've done an incredible job of growing Four Hands to what it is. Um, that's not why you're here. Uh, it's a part of why you're here. You've also been a dear friend to me, and your friendship has meant uh, a lot to me. Your friendship towards Mission St. Louis uh, has been unbelievable, and so to have you here, sitting here, getting to... And if you've been a good friend to Josh, I mean, that just says 10 times more about your friendship. I mean, that's, that's the easy other kind of legacy. Right? I'm a friend of Josh's, too, and man, it takes a lot. To so I'm with you, man. I'm with you, brother. Thanks for sticking yeah, around. Thanks for being here. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Honored to be here. So here's where, uh, here's where I want to go today. I, I want to begin talking about, both of you guys have done an incredible job. Uh, Kevin, I want you to talk uh, a little bit about Four Hands, 
how it got up and going. But really, I want to talk a little bit, uh, and we get to talk about this a lot, Jason. You and I, we spend a lot of time because uh, the bulk of our time is spent in North St. Louis. So if you're not from St. Louis, uh, North St. Louis is one of the more impoverished parts of our city. Absolutely. It's also one of the most beautiful. And so oftentimes, we lose the fact that uh, the narrative isn't true oftentimes in our city. The way that we talk about St. Louis, uh, what's taking place in North St. Louis specifically, we are surrounded by uh, so much beauty. And so, uh, Kevin, you've done an incredible job of starting a company. We were, uh, you and I were in southern Missouri driving down Interstate 44. And I think I just sat there and like pelted you with a bunch of questions about like, how did Four Hands come to be? Uh, mm -hmm. And you spent a lot of time talking about this idea of, uh, of story, of this business being something that you obviously love, it's something that you're passionate about, it's something, uh, it's an industry that you had experience in, but bringing brands to market, to talking about it shaping and having a personality is, uh, is something that I'd love to hear more about, or I'd love for you to talk about that in this context, but I really want that to, to be through the lens and I want, to have us, I want us to have some dialogue around what does this reshaping of the narrative of our city look like? So you talk a little bit about how Four Hands came to be? Yeah, I mean, I think that even just like, you know, starting off this conversation about uh, your identity and like who you are, your legacy, and, mm -hmm. you know, Four Hands is passionate for me. The Four Hands represent my wife, our two children, and myself. And the reason that Four Hands really came about was you don't know what tomorrow brings, mm -hmm. right? And I want to wake up every day and be as happy as I can. I wanted to like to strive for something that was mine. Absolutely. Um, and that's really where uh, the lust for Four Hands came about. I'd been in the industry for a long time. I became super passionate about the industry, saw an opportunity, um, and took that risk and, and jumped on board. And you know, now I say, you know, when we opened up in 2011, there are 1,400 breweries in the country. Fast forward eight years, there's over 8,000 breweries in the country. <laughs> so to me, what that means is it's not very hard to open up a brewery, mm -hmm. right? What do we do to make sure that, and we say it often at the brewery, it's not just about beer, yeah, right? True. It's about our community, it's about building our brand. We always said that we wanted to be a pillar of the community. No matter how big or so, how small, we wanted to make sure that we were giving back, that we were being philanthropic, and also just like, and working with the community. Absolutely, that word so, brand. Um, as we talk about narrative and we talk about the brand that you guys have created at Four Hands, and obviously that message, and we talk about connecting that to the idea of what does it look like to change that narrative in the city. How have you gone about uh, protecting the message of Four Hands and making sure that? others outside of direct contact with Four Hands understands that message and the purpose of Four Hands. On, on top of the beer being phenomenal, oh, right? Let's just say that. That's <laughs> just the easy part, right? And I think that we kind of have two different narratives, really. Mm -hmm. right? We have Four Hands, and we feel like that's a little bit easier for us because we are our target audience, right? We're not mm -hmm. doing anything for somebody else. We're really doing something for us. Mm -hmm. And then just hoping that the customers appreciate and follow. Uh, so we're not having to like overthink like the name or the brand or the ingredients that we're putting in the beer because we're passionate about that. With Citywide, though, like that is a narrative that is hyper-passionate for us. Talk um, about that. Like where would that come from? And I don't know that everybody, maybe some people don't know what yeah. Citywide is. Talk about that. So Citywide is our flagship brand, pretty much St. Louis only, 16-ounce can only, no draft. Um, and we really built this brand to leave our legacy. Really. Like, so when you say St. Louis only, what does that mean? So when we built this brand and we kind of created the narrative, the artwork, 
I mean, we do uh, food pairings on every can. We've got toasted mm. ravioli and square pizza. <laughs> I mean, our interpretation of the is an emo's flat. guy through ah, and through. Emo's through and through, man. You start with the corner piece? Ah, oh, the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had to dap them up, y'all. <laughs> in the corner piece of the pizza, and man, look her. It's your love language. Man, I might have to tap. I might have to get off the podcast. Early. Man. So it's our, but it is our brand. It's our opportunity to be that pillar, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, um, front facing on the can is the city flag. It's got that Florida Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of pride in this brand. For every single case we sell, we donate a dollar to a nonprofit. Uh, Mission St. Louis is one of those great organizations that we worked with. April 2nd of this year, Citywide will turn four, and at that time we'll have given back over $200,000 to local nonprofit. Wow. For us, it's a big thank deal. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for absolutely. It. I can't that's wait big. until it's a million. Man. And I, <laughs> that's a party. It's, <laughs> it's exciting to be able to get the kids in the car, right? And over the next handful of years, to hopefully be able to drive around and just be able to say, like, we've impacted mm. something, yeah, right? Absolutely. It is more than beer. Like, we are helping, and and that's um, that means a lot to me. Yeah, so, so Kevin, do me a favor. Talk a yeah. little bit about <coughs> the obstacles that you guys have had to overcome, um, just going through that process. You know, um, knowing your brand, have you had to pivot in different ways um, over the years? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned going through that process? Mistakes that have been made, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, uh, thankfully. We're not a huge organization, so if we see an opportunity, we can attack that opportunity. If we mm. feel like we made a mistake, we don't have to ask a lot of questions, we just fix it. Mm. If we see, we can turn and, and pivot quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, I would say that like within the, the branding uh, throughout the years, you know, we started as a draft only brand. We went from that into 22 ounce. From there, we went to a four pack, 12 mm. ounce. That transition didn't work. Mm. So we were able to quickly pivot, purchase a canning line, start canning, and really from there into today has been, we've seen a lot of success. We also keep our head down, right? Like we've got our mm. ethos, we have our path. We really try and do the very best we can to keep our blinders on and not be distracted. Mm. And I can feel you, like that helps us also. Can yeah. you tell me why you think that direction maybe didn't work and why? Because you went from the four pack cans to... We went from a 22 ounce bottle mm-hmm. into a, a four pack 12 ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. It just didn't translate to the customer. Mm. It just didn't. And I don't know why. Interesting. It's also kind of it's it, it just didn't work. Right. So Man. instead of trying to put too much mental energy on fixing it in that package, we just vacated and went to a new package. Man, that's a great segue. I think when you think about the narrative in the city, right, and um, sometimes not having the answers, right, knowing that there are things that need to be addressed, knowing that there are narratives that have been painted, and we can't necessarily say that overlook those things, yeah. right. Um, those are realities, but there are pivots that need to be made. So tell us a little bit from your perspective, um, what do you see the narrative as a city being? We know what, how people have painted the picture of the city and how people view the city, but what's your narrative as someone who drives in, drives out, lives, is doing work there, touching people, meeting people, networking? What, what is the narrative for the city for you? I feel like we are in the most positive space that we've been in in a long time. Hmm. I mean, I feel like, number one, we live in a beautiful city, right? We live in a city built on bricks, right? Seriously, we are built on bricks. And the infrastructure um, that we're surrounded with is beautiful, right? We've got these beautiful buildings, terracotta. Um, I am hyper-passionate about our city. Uh, That was one of the only things that I looked at when looking for a building on where we were going to put the brewery. It had to be in the city. Wow. 
I'm, I'm passionate about it. I think we have a lot of good happening. And I honestly think that it's not really up to the mayor to change that narrative. Hmm. It's up to us to yeah, change that yeah, narrative, yeah. right? It's up to small business and neighbors. It's Absolutely. up to us to figure out creative solutions to help each other, to give others opportunity, to make St. Louis the best it can be. I feel really good about the direction that we're moving in. I'm excited to see what the next five years brings. Man. So to follow up, like, to that point, like, what are we not celebrating? Because hmm. a part of a part of the narrative, like uh, you grew up in Walnut Park, Kevin, you live in the city, grew up in St. Louis. I'm coming in from an outsider to a city that welcomed me and my family with with open arms. Yet, if we think about news outlets, if we think of, even like it was really awkward for me to walk in and, and listen to even folks that are from St. Louis, like dog on this city a little bit or talk about the 270 divide or being like, man, I, I don't want to come. I'm, I'm not going to come. Or you like come down to the city when you come to a, to a ball game. It also means that there's parts of what we're doing that just aren't being celebrated or at least what needs to be celebrated. The story of that isn't being told enough. If you guys both being insiders here began to think about what are we not celebrating? What comes to mind? Man, a few things come to mind. Um, number one is there is an energy in this city taking place when we talk about reform that is just unbelievable. You so feel the mean? energy. When we talk about reform, we're talking about just social justice. We're talking about uh, equality. We're talking about equity. Um, and just the passion on, on a lot of different sides of the fence as it relates to those things has been amazing. Mm. And we've seen that in the city. I think, number two, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in our city. And a lot of people overlook that, primarily African-American entrepreneurs. We're one of the biggest cities for African-American female African-American entrepreneurs, which is an amazing thing that should be celebrated, that should be highlighted, that should be made much of. Another thing is we have a lot of nonprofits in our city. And um, some people may, may look at that from a negative, but th that does say something about the desire to make impact and to see things change, right? So we could disagree on what nonprofit is doing, what work, and all of those things, but the fact that we're receiving some type of funding that we may be able to aid individuals that need it, that's something to, not to be overlooked and not to be skimmed past. And then we could talk about the aesthetics. I mean, the aquarium. I mean, the things that are taking place downtown. Downtown looks, man, amazing right now so i think there are things that are taking place there's energy that you feel if you come to the city and you talk to people there's excitement around some of the changes taking place and those are the things i think we need to herald on top of that i think just just our city itself anybody i feel like you know people talk about st louis being like this this vortex like if you come live here you're either going to love it and stay for the rest of your life and you didn't plan to or you're going to be gone like I hate this city, right? But the people that are from here, I feel like they typically feel that energy. So those are the things I feel like should be heralded, man. Um, I asked you for one thing to celebrate. And I'm you rattled off like I, 17. Hey, I apologize. I love, <laughs> I love the city as much as you do. <laughs> and there's so much good happening. Yeah. I mean, really, there's more cranes up right now than I've seen in a long, long yeah. time. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, what's going on at Cortex? is amazing, mm -hmm. right? Like, we really have some nucleuses right now that are going to Absolutely. empower, and it's gonna bleed out, and it's gonna expand, and mm -hmm. uh, NGA moving. I mean, there's just a lot happening right now mm -hmm. that I think that can be a benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. And drive people down here, you know? I think yeah. that's the... And we have a boom in tech community, man. I Bro, mean... For sure. I mean, oh, Square's man. taking over the, the old post dispatch right? Like, yep. That's, that's amazing, that's right? That's going to be a lot of jobs that's taken a building that otherwise would be vacant. Yep. Mm -hmm. And now it's not. It's going to be activated. And Absolutely. really an important part of town yep. Yep. to be Absolutely. activated. Absolutely, that backbone. Mm -hmm. 
before we go, so I want to I follow up on this idea of um, generosity because St. Louis is a very generous town. Uh, four hands, obviously, just with us has, has been incredibly generous. But I, I want to I move to that. Before we do that, you know, eventually this podcast, which I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm thinking it's probably tens of hundreds of thousands of people that Absolutely. are dialing in. Thank you every for all week. Uh, the thousands of people that watch us and listen every day. We, we greatly appreciate yeah. you. Um, you know, we're ecstatic about yeah, that. So we haven't run the data yet. We haven't looked at the analytics, <laughs> but we know that those uh, the promotions are coming in. Yeah. Uh, while we wait for that season to, to take place, uh, let's do a couple commercials. There's some things that we want to talk about at Mission St. Louis. Kevin, we'll give you the floor, too, to talk about maybe what's happening at the brewery. Then I want to jump back into just the generosity of St. Louis. Uh, you want to talk sorry. about Trivia Night, Jay? Trivia Night. Man, really excited about Trivia Night. It'll be Friday, March the 13th. At the Masonry Institute. Nailed it. Um, yeah, you know, I'm checking my notes. We're really excited about Trivia Night. It's a huge way to support Mission St. Louis and the work that we do. It's a lot of fun, guys. I'm not the greatest trivia dude, but I'm, I'm a competitor, right? So it doesn't even really matter what it is about. If, it's, if I'm competing, I'm going to be excited about it. So make sure you come out, man. Uh, we love to see you support that by... Website is uh, missionstl.org backslash trivia. trivia. Yep. Absolutely. Patrick with the save. Toss to Josh. <laughs> Josh with the rebound. There Money. we go. Money. Um, so make sure you join us, man. Trivia night. That's a huge way to support our efforts here at Mission St. Louis. If you're not aware, our heartbeat is really to make sure that we're addressing deep-rooted systemic issues as it relates to poverty. Mm -hmm. And for us, it gives us an opportunity, A, to remain embedded into the, the education system while also making sure that we have a continued focus on workforce development. So again, that's Trivia Night. It'll be Friday, March the 13th at the Mason Reed Institute. You can make sure to go to missionstl.org backslash trivia. There you can support us with your efforts, and we greatly appreciate you. I'm going to toss it back over to Josh. Kevin, before you talk about what's going on at the, uh, uh, at the brewery, what kind of trivia player are you? Um, I am good at bringing beverage. <laughs> you stay in your box, man. That's my job, man. So there'll be beverages at the trivia night? <laughs> Absolutely. What's happening at the brewery? Uh, so the end of this month, that last Friday and Saturday of Feb, we have um, Picking Into Bluegrass, which is an uh, outdoor music fest. Mm. Not even a fest, right? We've got Mighty Pines and Warbuckles playing. Really, that's just to take advantage of uh, infrastructure that we're putting in place for that Saturday, mm -hmm. which is slipping into darkness, uh, which is a stout fest that we have. Should be a good time. Man, have you bring our kids? Cornwall stout, family? man. Great. You ever had a Cornwall stout? No. Man, delicious. Amazing. Man. <laughs> I mean, dessert stouts right now are all the rage. Man, I just happen to be in Philadelphia, and a friend of mine is like a snob. You know, he's like, man, check out this caramel stout. I'm like, it's mm -hmm. amazing. So you guys will have different kinds of stouts that'll be? Yeah, like 18 different stouts, oh, main, wow. mainly barrel-aged. And then we have uh, five brewery buddies that we're bringing in as well. That's wow. Awesome. So uh, Feb 28 and 29th. 28th and 29th. I'm sure you're there. So let's uh, let's go back into this idea of, of generosity. Jason, you mentioned it earlier. We have, uh, for the last 11 years, experienced the generosity that, that St. Louis has, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, people caring deeply about the work that we're doing. Very philanthropic city. We, you know, Kevin, we spend a lot of time inside inside our organization thinking about how do we talk about, how do we engage the business community. I think if we look at our role, uh, as Jason talked about, in addressing deep-rooted systemic issues of poverty, our role is, one, uh, engaging that workforce pipeline in a meaningful way, and then, two, 
telling the story to the St. Louis business community and saying, hey, there is great passion and talent and skill set that exists here. We have to bridge that gap. We, we get to bring opportunity to the table. Talk a little bit about just the, uh, your view of, of, of ways in which businesses play into this narrative. What are, what are opportunities that, that businesses uh, may have as far as like shaping this narrative that is St. Louis? Yeah, and I think that also one of the things that St. Louis is great at is polite. I think we're a pretty polite community <laughs> yeah. also, right? I mean, it's I think not New York. Of, like, yes, ma'am, mm -hmm. no, ma'am, holding the door open yeah. um, for each other. And I think that that kind of also plays into just like collaboration yeah. and community within St. Louis and how we can work together, right? It's going to take, it takes an army, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Not just one. Um, but I think it's important to just, uh, to just talk through who we are as a city, how do we make it better, how do we as an organization, like how do we get our kind of fingerprint hmm. in there? Um, and it's not only from just being philanthropic, it's also bringing people into our organization and community and, and giving opportunity for job. Um, I think we need to be very thoughtful about uh, the way that we're looking at the next, you know, three, four, five years. Um, for us, narratives, it's difficult, right? Hmm. I mean, you have to be... Um, you really have to have your finger on the pulse in order to make sure that you're doing it right. Mm. I don't really know if I answered your question properly, but no, no, I think that I think that's a, that's a big piece. I would say it's been really interesting to to set at arm's length from uh, what you're doing and being able to watch you work in the business setting, uh, and then just like the friendship that we've had. We also could spend a lot of time just talking about. Uh, what we want this place to be, what yeah. we want our kids. I mean, it's back to that idea of legacy. Like, what kind of place do I want my kids to grow up in? And I'm super selfish, man. I, I don't want my kids going clear across the, the, the state. And like, I don't, right. my wife's like, we're going to keep these, these kids close, right? So right. Uh, there's an idea of like what we do now, uh, what we pour into our city, uh, what she is going to become is also something that our kids get to inherit. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, what do we want that to be? What do we want that to look like? And then, you know, from just a, a strictly a, a Mission St. Louis aspect. Yeah, it's interesting, man, when you talked a little bit about just brand and messaging, right? And um, how we know from a perspective when we talk about brand, we try to control that message. Sure. We want to control how others learn about our brand, the colors that they look at when it comes to our brand. And it makes me think about the fabric of the city. I think we have a responsibility for the narrative and the message that we paint about the city. So we need to be very careful about the words that we use. Even in relationships, we say that you can communicate words, but you can't take them back. Right. right? So you may not mean to uh, hurt or score a person in the way that you did with those words, but once you did it, you can't take that back. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same with the city. We need to be careful what we communicate and how we communicate about the city. Because once you say that, for, for individuals that may not drive through the city, come through the city, have relationships with individuals in the city, they build a perspective and a narrative and a message about the city that may not be true. Until yeah. you meet people and you touch people, you know, you hug and you learn experiences. And then now you approach those narratives a little bit differently, right? I always say that, um, it's a difference between hearing a narrative and entering into somebody's narrative, right? When you enter into somebody's narrative, hmm. you become more compassionate about the experiences that they've had along the way. And that can maybe be uncomfortable, Absolutely. Right? But that's how you learn. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we, we have a responsibility to control the message about our city, what we say about our city. Um, even in talking to one another, just being careful about how we communicate things because... 
one, we're perpetuating the idea, um, and two, we're not spending enough time communicating those things that need to be heralded about our city. So thinking about, uh, Jason, I'm I, I just going off of that. I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave that thought too quick. When you, uh, if you could be specific a little bit, I mean, I, I hear you often just talk mm -hmm. about uh, language matters, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then specifically North St. Louis gets this, just gets this bad rap, right? Absolutely. Um, when you think about like reshaping that narrative and what it would look like and how we change those words, what's, what's the truth? The real story, I mean, when we think about our city, man, the real story is that the way our city is structured didn't happen by happenstance, right? So there were decisions that have been made that have caused our city to look the way that it looks. I often say nobody wakes up and say, you know, I think I want to be in the most poverty-stricken environment <laughs> right. I can find, right? Right. right? I'd love to just be where gunshots go off at, right? So first, I think it's about acknowledging that historically something has taken place and the structure of our city is not something that just happened overnight. I think that's number one. We have to acknowledge that, right? I think when we acknowledge that, then secondly, we begin to recognize that that has played a role in the reason and some of the things that we see take place in our city. That's number two. But I think number three, when we talk about the narrative and the messaging, I think it's equally important. I, I always, I had an older gentleman tell me that we're responsible for being able to see grace at work in individuals, right? And what he meant by that was you can look at anybody and easily point out the negatives, mm -hmm. but we're responsible to be able to see grace at work in an individual. I feel like it's the same with the city. Right. So we're responsible to be able to look and see grace at work. So when I think about individuals who have started companies, the young man Books and Bro, who started a, a book club for kids that's blown up um, in the Ferguson community. Like that's huge. That's something that needs to be heralded. It needs yeah. to be talked about. You know what I mean? Um, so there, there are a range of other things that are taking place in our city. And I think we need to be specifically highlighting those things consistently. Right, because those are the things that help change that narrative and change that perspective. Um, so just heralding individuals who are involved in those ways and saying, there are individuals at work, there are people who are committed, there are communities that love their communities despite what they may look like. Yeah, and I would, I would say I would say to add to this, and, and you've you've really helped really helped shape my view. So one of the I came from a background, and I grew up in a background where we lived out in the suburbs. We had an attached garage, and we had no idea who our neighbors were. <laughs> right. And so uh, there's a piece of and a lot of it's because of the work that we do. Right. But being in North St. Louis, now, I would say like, I've never experienced community mm. in the way that I've experienced in my time. And some of it is I've had to reorient this like very white, very privileged background. But but putting in your safe, putting yourself in a place that you are vulnerable, walking into a place where you are a minority, beginning to learn from and be it's the vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, of stepping in. But uh, just to watch like I think the thing that I, I love about the city and it's not a black white thing, but one of the things that I've maybe experienced more just being in the neighborhood that we are is the amount of uh, the way that community is shaped because we need one another. Mm. Right, like like that that mm. idea. I'll, I'll never forget when Mission St. Louis was getting off the ground. Uh, we had a, uh, a mom that was in in our in our house all the time, and uh, you know, in a difficult position and, and hurting. And uh, there was an opportunity that we needed, like childcare, right? And this like light went off for the first time, where I'd spent my entire career going like, hey, how do we create a nonprofit? How do we love? How do we serve? Uh, but this opportunity to go like, hey, our our Morgan was really young and, and we needed childcare. And without hesitation, she was like, 
I got it. Like, I would right. love to watch. And it was the first time that I just began to go, like, all Absolutely. of these paradigms being wrecked by the fact that, like, what when I think about what St. Louis needs more than anything is that we desperately need one another. Right. This is not a place of, hey, how do we come in and help? How do we come in and serve? But it does have to come from a place of, like, man, I'm broken in need of you as well as, mm-hmm. as, as you need me. It's funny. Yeah, that makes me that. think about Miss Pat right around the Yeah, Miss Pat. Absolutely. Uh, if you live in this city, if you live in this area, you know Miss Pat, and she has her little deck on her back. And she'll call us and be like, man, I'm watching the building. I'm making sure, you know, so I it's got just, you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, man, when, when people feel like you're committed and you're a part of what's taking place and you're yeah. treated like family. You know, sometimes it'll be the very guy that you think looks scary to you that'll, that'll be protecting you. Um, because you showed him that, like, I'm a part of this community. I'm not afraid of this community. I'm not afraid of the people in it. I'm a part of it. And when you feel like you're a part of it, people tend to treat you that way. If you act like you're afraid of it, then people tend to see you as a person that maybe you don't belong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. I think going back to just what you were saying about, you know, those success stories, right, and trying to change the narrative, it's how do you get that, that megaphone to, to be able to promote those successes, right? Because it's not just that singular success. It's who does that inspire, mm-hmm. right? And then how yeah. many more successes can come from that? So it's trying to find the microphone and how many people can speak into it with a clear voice. Absolutely. Right. And it's, yeah. And there's a, I think there's the, the piece of it that, that, that we've got to champion is, is there is so much talent here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can yeah. talk a lot about like, Hey, we're not growing greatly in all this density, but like the talent that exists here Absolutely. and the, and the megaphone not having to be something that's like, Hey, there's one offs, there's two offs. Like, you know, no, 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 no. What we get to see, uh, on a, on a daily basis is just like the, the passion and talent that exists that makes our city better. And we say that to say this, man, make sure that you are leaving legacy, right? Yeah. That you live a life that when you go beyond this life, that there is a legacy that's left, the heroes, the loving of, of individuals, uh, the pursuit of building and not tearing down, mm-hmm. right? The building of amazing brands like Four Hands that leave legacy for children and generations afterwards. So again, thank you for joining us. It's safe thank to say you. that to say this. Yeah. Pleasure having you. Loved it. Thanks for partnering with us too. You've been, no. uh, you've opened up your doors uh, at Four Hands. Uh, you've created that opportunity. You are helping shape this narrative and we're really thankful. So and I think that also though, that is a two-way street, right? <laughs> because we've learned a lot from this partnership also. And we're very grateful for that. So, so one more time, tell us about the event that you guys had. Slipping into up. darkness. Yeah, slipping into darkness, end of the month, end of February. Big Stout Fest, five other brewery friends, themed oysters and beer. Okay. Jason will be so. up front, that bluegrass stage, Absolutely. just getting it. What's the date again? <laughs> <laughs> February 29th. February 29th, make sure you guys join. Again, I want to remind you about Trivia Night, which will be Friday, March the 13th at the Masonry Institute. You can be sure to visit missionstl.org backslash trivia. Also, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's allowed Say That to Say This to happen. I know you guys see our faces, our pretty faces. That's why you watch. Unfortunately, we're not the ones that make this thing happen. So thank you to everybody behind the scenes at Mission St. Louis, everybody that's watching. even my man D behind the camera right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but thank you to all of you. We appreciate it. We're excited. Make sure you click that like button. Make sure you share. Make sure you tell other people to come and take a look at Say That to Say This. Again, we appreciate you. You could also catch our podcast on Apple, on any place where you can listen to any podcast. Make sure you check us out and make sure you share that. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you to you. Four Hands. And uh, we Say That to Say This. We out.